This is Getting to Good Enough, a podcast to help you overcome perfectionism so you can do more of what you love. I'm Shannon Wilkinson, a life coach in Portland, Oregon. I'm a recovering perfectionist who's getting better at good enough. And I'm Janine Adams, a certified professional organizer in St. Louis, Missouri, and I'm lucky enough to be naturally good at good enough. And today we're talking about overcommitting. Oh boy. over committing today I feel like I know a little something about that from personal do you I feel like yeah yeah Yeah, sometimes I if I'm new at something I jump in with both feet is that the expression I think that's the expression I think that's the expression yeah yeah and I say yes 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 and I get involved and and um, that can be good but it can also be a recipe for stress yeah have you done that recently well, when I started my organizing business, which isn't that recent anymore. Um, I know. It's yeah, been a while. Thir- it's been a while. Uh, 13 years ago, I started it. And our, uh, the, in the following, shortly after I started, some other organizers started forming the St. Louis chapter of what was then called the National Association of Professional Organizers. So when they contacted me, I was so ecstatic because <laughs> I felt so alone. And so I jumped in and... Um, I was on the original, the first board of directors and stayed on that board for a long time, uh, like until 2012. And I took a f- three years off and now I'm back on the board. But um, but then, you know, I was I was working with NAPO St. Louis and we had very little, very few people. So, you know, those of us who were involved were doing everything. And then I got involved on the national level. And then in 2010, I um, accepted a role on the national board of what was then called the National Study Group on Chronic Disorganization and is now called the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. Um, so that was a big time commitment for two years. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then in the middle that. of that, I, yeah. And in the middle of that, I took a part-time job because my business uh, in the economic downturn wasn't bringing in enough money. So I was working 20 hours a week in a part-time job, running my business full-time on a national board and a chapter board and all at the same time. You were a little overcommitted. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I'd say so. And, <laughs> and probably I didn't do any single thing as well as I would have if I were less committed. You I was going to say, like, that I'm, there are a couple of things I'm curious about. Like, what, what was the impact of all of that? And, you know, those seem like really valuable things to be involved in. Um, and I guess that's probably how you got to that point, to you know, that you were, they were interesting things and you wanted to be part of them. And so you said, yes, is that right? And, and they seemed like they would be beneficial for my business and they were, um, oh yeah. I also went through a big training program during that time too. Um, they were really beneficial for my business. Uh, but they did lead to sort of stressful time where I didn't have much in the way of downtime. Um, mm-hmm. So I was I was pretty much working all the time, and I'm not I'm not one of these people who can't sit down and take it easy. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm somebody who's very capable of sitting down and taking it easy, and I didn't get a lot uh-huh. of that for a few years. Now I have a lot more. Yeah. 
So when I got off the ICD board, I um, and off the Naples St. Louis board, I started saying no for a while and mm-hmm. um, refocused on my business. And I was out. I was. I was. I got been laid off from my part-time job by then too. So everything got a lot easier <laughs> uh, at that point. Yeah. yeah. Well, so. If you had to do it over again, would you do it differently? Like, how would you choose to commit yourself knowing what you know now? Probably, I kind of hate to say it, but, and I hadn't actually thought about it before this, you asked me that question, but I probably Uh would have said no to the national board because I didn't Uh realize what a huge time commitment that was going to be. Although, you know, I learned a lot from it. So, um, so it was good. But that's probably maybe what I would have done differently. My dedication to my chapter board, um, obviously I'm still dedicated to it because I'm still doing it. Uh, so it's, it's something that is near and, really near and dear to my heart still. Yeah. 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 Um, well, and that's one of the things that's really, that's sort of hard is like, you know, when you're asked to help and you're a person who, you know, generally likes to help people, it's hard to say no. Yeah, though I've gotten a lot better at it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, how how do you say no? What do you, oh, what are your Well, when do you it just comes, say no. I just say no. <laughs> I get asked a lot on the to help on the national level for NAPO yeah. and uh, and I just say no. I say no. I now I say I'm on my chapter board and that's enough right there. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, on the local level Obviously, I got back on the board. There was a point at which we needed a president and no one was stepping up. And I had been president for several years in the distant past. So I said, okay, I'll do it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, uh, but no, I just say no, sorry. (laughs) I'm focusing on my business. That's a good one. And it's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And no one can, and um, you know, you can't uh, really quibble with that. You can't say, oh, no, you shouldn't make more less. <laughs> you shouldn't worry about making money you should do this volunteer right. job right, right. <laughs> well and that's probably a good thing for people to um to sort of have in their back pockets is a, an answer that they can give that gives them the space and even if they aren't sure or especially if they aren't sure you know you don't have to say yes or no when someone asks but to say something especially if saying no is hard for you to to give yourself a little space right i think if it's like a volunteer commitment it's a great idea to try to get a good uh, handle on what the time commitment is if you can before answering and then i would think something as simple as well i let me give that some thought and i will get back to you within x amount of time uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that is a great way to approach it. Cause I, you know, that I see that come up with clients all the time that, you know, people ask them to do something and they, and they want to help and they say yes. And then they realize like, that's maybe a little bit more than they can do or yeah. do well. And it's way worse in my opinion to say yes and then have to back out of something or say yes and do something poorly than it is to say no. Yeah, that's another really great thing to help people um, sort of deal with their commitment is to create that space to really think about it and think about what all of your um, commitments already are 
and then um, give yourself a buffer. That's the other thing that, that I know that I tend to not do for myself and that my clients don't do is don't um, give yourself enough of a buffer. Right. I have a blog post about that uh, somewhere along the way. My When my niece was visiting from Australia, she she's a she probably wouldn't say she's an overcommitter, but I would. And yeah. uh, her, she says, my mother is always telling me, I need a buffer. I need a buffer. So I wrote a blog post about that based on what she was telling me. Her wise mother advised her. Yeah. Never mind that Miranda still does an incredible amount of stuff in a short period of time. <laughs> she's, she's in her 20s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you talk about a buffer, what tell me tell me more about what you mean what you mean by that? Well, I there's um, a couple of different ways you can create a buffer, and one is um, um, simply by leaving a good portion, and I think like twenty five percent of your time unscheduled. And you know that's huh. after you take into account work and family and you know getting yourself fed and watered and clothed and groomed mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, you know and then your volunteer stuff and exercise and all of that. But like you take all of those things into account and then you and then you take whatever twenty five percent of whatever is left and leave that unscheduled. Because so, things always take longer than you think they're going to take. Right. You need that buffer so you're not going crazy. And right. So what jumps to my mind is that white space on a calendar is a good thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you said 25% of your time unscheduled. And then you said 25% of your unscheduled time should remain unscheduled, I think. I think that's what I heard. Which which did you mean? You know, I think that probably that is what I said. But um, do, tell me what you mean. Well, probably not twenty five percent of you know your twenty four hours in a day. Okay, that seems but, a little optimistic um, to me. Yeah, because <laughs> mm-hmm. that would be six hours a day unscheduled, which I think is probably basically the quote unquote free time that people have every day that you know they have to jam everything into right. when they're not working um, or sleeping. outside of work right. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah um so i mean you know when you sort of put in all of the thing you know work sleep all of those things like 25 percent of what's left over leave that open and then the time that's left is the time you have for you know, volunteer, um, you know, that the sort of the extra stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And one, one way to do that, I suppose, might be to add 25% more time to everything you put on your calendar in that. Yeah. In that non-work, yeah, I, non-sleep time. Yep. And also, you know, remember to, to put in travel time and, mm-hmm. um, you know, transition time and, those sorts of things and in fact that's you know when we were talking about this topic that's the first thing that came to mind for me is um, not so much over committing to you know external things to work or volunteer or friends or family or whatever but over committing my own time to myself 
Um, and that contributed a lot to lateness. I like had a horrible chronic lateness problem for years. And it was mostly because I just, I tried to fit too many things into a small chunk of time. And so you wouldn't leave the house soon enough to get to your destination or it was actually and you have appointments I just remembered well you I'm sure you're not late to client appointments but I was going to say you have appointments inside your house too since you work over the phone um right and I I did the same thing where I would leave I would try to just get so much done before I leave the house that I would then leave the house later than I wanted to and for me the way I got have gotten past that because it's a problem for a professional organizer to get there late (laughs) yes is uh uh, that i just i guess i build in a buffer i overestimate purposely overestimate how long what time i need to leave the house so that i actually get out of the house in time Um, yeah so i try to i try now try to get everywhere 15 minutes early i rarely do but Uh i at least by trying to get there 15 minutes early I get there on time. And now I try to beat my team members there, which is a huge challenge because they're early. Generally speaking, they're early people. <laughs> and I don't want to be the last one there because I'm in right. charge. Yeah. Right. Um, so how did you get... You, I know. I noticed that you talked about chronic lateness in the past tense. How, how did you get past it? Well, that was actually one of my biggest aha moments was realizing that... Um, if it, you know, like say I have a nine o'clock appointment and um, it takes 10 minutes to get there. In my head, I would think, oh, I can do stuff up until 10 minutes till and then go. Right. Which, you know, when you look at it on paper and you say it out loud, of course that makes no sense. <laughs> but that's how <laughs> I, you know, saw it in my mind. <clears throat> and so I started building in like, oh, you know, once I park to get to the place, that's going to be five minutes. Um, the point at which I like get up to head out of the house until I get in the car, that's five minutes. So you add 10 minutes on to however much time it takes. And then I give myself a buffer. So basically I leave 15 minutes before I think I need to leave ah, to give like myself I- plenty of time. And you actually do it. So you, yeah. you actually you actually get places fifteen minutes early. Um, well, I I usually get there. Sometimes I get there fifteen minutes early, but you know it usually actually takes me that amount of time. So I usually you, get there five yeah. minutes early. Right, you need the buffer. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I remember I identified, gosh, a while back that I was afraid of getting places early because it felt like mm. a waste of time. Right, and I didn't want because I'm so busy, right? It's probably during that yeah. overcommitted time. I didn't want to get somewhere early and have nothing to do. Now, now that was probably pre-smartphone. So now there's no such, you know, I can oh, always work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Great, right? But <laughs> I think I used to, to like try to bring along some knitting. So I like, could get some knitting in if I got somewhere early. Um, but uh, I'm, I don't think of it that way anymore. And that was a, another turning point for me on this. Um, I actually had a uh, situation, I blogged about it, gosh, I don't remember how long ago, but I was going to give a, a, a talk, a presentation to an employee group downtown in St. Louis, and I was running uh-huh. late. You know, hate being late to talks. <laughs> it's just a bad yeah. thing. And um, and I was really stressed out because I was running late, and I turned the wrong way on a one-way street. 
<laughs> and in downtown St. Louis, and I, I thought, why are these cars <laughs> heading toward me <laughs> oh, in my no. lane? Oh, no. And uh, luckily, it was just one block I was getting to my, the parking garage, and nobody uh-huh. hit me. But that was like a huge wake-up call. It's like, come on, you almost yeah. got killed over oh, this. Oh, I it's bet. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, you know, I don't know that we've ever, in all these years of friendship, had this conversation so explicitly about, uh, about punctuality challenges, but it's nice that we both seem to have gotten past them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cause I hate that feeling and you know, it's not, there are plenty of people who are late and don't care that they're late, but being late and not wanting to be late is such a horrible feeling. <laughs> Oh my god right. yeah it really is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, uh oh yeah i was just gonna say that when we talked about morning routines recently i said that i uh, give myself a minimum of two hours between when i get up and when i leave the house and i go through mm-hmm. this whole thing I, I so i decide when to get up by when i have to leave and i say it's going to take me a half hour to do this a half hour to do that and i go back back and i always overestimate you know, I, say, I give myself a half hour to take a shower and get dressed, and it doesn't take that long. Or right. I give myself a half hour to walk Bix, because you never know with Bix. But sadly, yeah. his walks don't usually, sadly for him, his walks don't usually <laughs> take that long. Uh, so I think, yeah, building then in that buffer um, is, a, is a, great, a great technique. And I had never before today thought about that as an overcommitment issue it's very interesting to me that i but i totally yeah. agree with you that it is yeah it's it's you know because there's lots of ways that you can become overcommitted especially if you know the the definition of overcommitted is you're doing more stuff than you have the time to do right um absolutely yeah and i think you know mostly we think about overcommitting to outside things to external activities or people and and I think that's you know that's where people most commonly get into trouble is um, you know if they want to help and someone asks them and it's really hard to say no mm-hmm. um, yeah so and it, it can be flattering to be asked to help as well right so not only is there right. a good uh, a good um, reason to do it because it's if someone's asking you to do something that is helping a cause or a person or what have you but it feels really nice to be asked and it's it can be hard to resist those two those two temptations right there but um, knowing what your priorities are and knowing um, how much time you have available to you uh, should help factor in whether or not an invitation is something that you should say yes to. Yeah, and I think to make that really explicit for yourself, like, and to really acknowledge and appreciate the fact that you only have so much time and energy and then choosing where you want to spend that as opposed to, you know, doing these things and then feeling scattered and and then feeling like you're spending your time doing things that aren't that important to you. <laughs> right, because you know when you overcommit to others, the the big loser is your own downtime and your own free time and and typically it's hard it's right. hard to most people right. who are overcommitting to others aren't carving out time to 
what I don't know knit or um, yeah whatever it is they hike whatever it is they enjoy doing yeah or read I know you know so many people are talking about how they wish they had more time to read wow yeah I can't imagine not taking time to read uh, I know. but yeah absolutely I mean because you don't have to have an hour to read you can have minutes right well yeah. and that's you know if the other beauty of of giving yourself a buffer you can use that extra time to read if you have extra time when you get somewhere if you if you read on a um electronic device right which is another or carry a book with you right <laughs> yeah that's one of the things i love about the kindle life is i not i mean not only do i have hundreds of books with me at all times but uh I don't even have to have my Kindle with me. I just, all I have to I have know. is my phone. And of course I have my phone. I know. Um, I love yeah, it. I love it so much. Yeah. So I'm always matching awesome. bits of reading. Um, mm-hmm. I try to, I keep track mm-hmm. of the books I read and I usually set a goal of 50 books a year, but uh, I'm not going to make it this year. This year I'm only at like, I'm at 17. I'll, I've only read 17 books so far this year, so I'm not going to make 50, but oh, no. uh, still, um, That's it's good. nice to know that without setting aside any time because I, I don't set aside yeah. time I do it I read while I brush my teeth uh, which somebody told me they thought was odd but I think it's perfectly normal except for perhaps these splatters of stuff on my <laughs> well <laughs> I um ever since you said that I've been carrying my kindle into the bathroom when I brush my teeth at night and get ready for bed and I read it I read while I'm doing that and I really enjoy it it's sort of funny but it feels like the- like extra fun time <laughs> That's right. The two minutes of brushing your teeth. Do you? I use an electric toothbrush with a timer on it, and sometimes yeah. that two minutes feels like forever. But when I'm reading, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Oh, I just right. you know yeah. brush. But I'm like I brush for some insane amount of time. I've never timed myself. So but without re- a timer, you probably brush more than two minutes. Oh yeah. Is that Definitely. what you're saying? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if I did the timer, I think, think two minutes was done and, and only 30 seconds would be done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I'm always brushing longer than anyone else if I'm brushing with someone else at the same time. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I I've brushed why. at the same time with you and I've noticed that. You must enjoy it. That's nice. It's like really, you know, I like a clean grill. <laughs> And when, you know, if you're using a manual <laughs> toothbrush, you do, I mean, it takes a while for it to feel like a clean grill. So, yeah. good on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I wanted to go back to a point that we were making, uh, you know, just to get Did we get distracted? <laughs> topic. That never happens. I don't, no, I never. don't know what you're saying. We never get distracted and we never get on a tangent that... Right we go on forever with (laughs) what did you want to get back to i mean what was the specific point oh i wanted to talk about like the the reason why people tend to overcommit is they don't have a good perception of the time they have available right and so you know you were talking about um putting things in your calendar and priorities and stuff. And I think for a lot of people, it really helps if you can make that visible mm-hmm. and um, visual. And, you know, so so one way to do that is to, um, 
I mean, you can do it specifically by, you know, putting appointments in your calendar and blocking out time for different commitments and, and stuff. But the other way you can do it is in a more general sense is, um, uh, I learned this technique from um, Kareem McDonald, who does uh, like time, sort of time management stuff for right brain people, for creatives. Mm-hmm. And um, she suggested that I that I make a chart that had um, that was basically a visual representation of. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and however many hours that is. And I think everyone knows by now that neither you nor I can do math in our heads. <laughs> um, but the, so it was like a block of, you know, it was like one hour blocks. And then to go through and, you know, first thing you do is color in all the blocks that represent the number of hours you sleep in a week. And then, um, color in the blocks for the amount if you have a job that you go to the amount of time that you're at your job um, and then you you know fill in blocks for eating and grooming and dressing and you know and all those things and and the you know cleaning your house and like all the things that you do all the time um, and then you color those in and then you see you literally see how much time you have left and then that's what I was saying, you know, like block out 25% of that as a buffer. And then you, then that's what you have left. And that's the time that you have to, um, you know, to volunteer, to take on extra work, to um, help other people out, to read and rest. And, you know, but to put all of those things that, to take care of yourself and your work first and then see what you have left and then you you get a really a much better idea of you know i have i can't i haven't done this in a while but you know i remember doing it and being like oh my god i have five hours a week basically Mm -hmm. like you know how do i want to spend the what is most important to me if i have five hours a week how do i want to spend that time Right. That's a great idea. And, and it gives you, it really puts you in the driver's seat, right? It really gives you control yeah. uh, rather than just making on the fly decisions about how you're going to spend your time. Yeah. So I'm trying to envision what you're describing. And so just so I can envision it, is it, is it the kind of thing where you have eight columns, seven of which are the days of the week, and then the leftmost column is the hours of the day and each, each is an hour. I mean, is that how it is with blocks that you fill in? Or is it just I, whatever 24 times 7 is number of blocks and you're just in a, in a square and you're just filling them in? Um, I can't remember how I did it. I did like a spreadsheet that was basically blocks. And mm-hmm. I think I did like seven columns across and mm-hmm. 24 rows. Yeah, that's what um, I was trying to say. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it like by the day. Like, I didn't put in, like, eight right. hours a day sleeping. I put in, like, you know, eight times seven and then f- that many blocks. Oh. Got, so it doesn't really matter how you organize the blocks as long as there are. I'm just going to open up my cal- calendar <laughs> if I can here. I'm using my left hand. Um, 
so you know it has 168 blocks in it representing the 168 hours in a week right got it and so the columns aren't representing the days of the week and you're I realize no. so we don't need to get perfectionistic on how to do this but I'm just trying to visualize no and I bet I actually still have my chart so maybe I can make a PDF of it and we can put a link to it in the show notes oh so if that people would be want great. to do this themselves I was going and, to suggest and, that but I didn't want to suggest it without asking you so that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah well so we'll make we'll we will make a chart a pdf chart that people can um print out and um do themselves and maybe but it's we a, could put a, a sample one filled out one of yours <laughs> okay, of or, mine. or of mine right. <laughs> thanks for volunteering me <laughs> right no we could do mine <laughs> But okay, that's great. I love that idea. I think that's yeah. like the overcommitment antidote. Yeah, well, because, you know, I think that's such a huge problem is we don't really know how much time we have. Like, you know, you think like, oh, I have like, I sleep eight hours, I work eight hours, I have eight hours. But you don't. Right. Um, and... Um, it's just it's useful to to think about it how you what's important to you and to set those priorities and and you know I've heard different ideas about this like um, you know if you have young kids maybe your priority is to help out at school or you know maybe your priority is a particular political um, uh, issue or, you know, perhaps like, you know, your, your priority when, um, you were talking about when you were starting your business is, you know, to build your business. So, but think about like, what's your primary objective and how can you use that extra time you have to support, you know, your top one or two priorities so that, you know, if your if your top priority is building your business and um, you keep getting sucked into political things, you know that's not you're not going to feel really good about that. It's going to feel stressful. Exactly, I think that's a great idea. Knowing those, get, getting in touch with those priorities, you know it's important to you. That's a recurring theme on this podcast, isn't it? Yep. Knowing what's important to you. And it yeah. certainly fits in here. Well, and, and I think that's how you get out of, I mean, the, the whole problem with being a perfectionist is you want to do everything all the time the right way. And that's how perfectionists end up getting overcommitted. So, you know, coming back to your priorities, what really matters to you, that that helps you get in that in the good enough frame of mind right yes indeed yeah so anything else you want to talk about with the overcommitting well, no i feel like we've talked uh i think we've covered it nicely i did write down one takeaway before we started uh, talking which was um suggesting that people learn how to say no to requests uh, 
because that's a really valuable skill being able to yeah. say no and if you can't yeah. if you if your heart isn't in it if you can't commit with your heart then you're not doing anyone anybody anybody any favors by saying yes mm-hmm. yeah and i and i think i would just add to that that you know that committing to something like you said committing with your heart is really important and then um knowing that you actually have the time available is that the second part of that yeah. like you know you can read something can feel really important to you and you can still not have the time to um really be present for that commitment right and it's better for everyone if you can recognize that up front here here yeah all right so i think that wraps up another episode of getting to good enough uh if you are enjoying this podcast if you enjoy listening to us it would really mean a lot to us if you would share the podcast with a friend if you take a minute to um provide a review or rate us um, wherever you get your podcasts on itunes google podcasts uh, stitcher wherever you go and also we will soon have our first um, Q&A on the fives. So please give us a call at 413-424-GTGE. That's 4843. And leave a voicemail with your question, your comment, feedback, an experience you had trying um, one of the things we've talked about. Um, We'd love to hear your voice and hear you yes. answer your question in the episode. Yes, definitely. Um, and I think we have a few really great resources that you're going to put in the show notes, Janine, on yep. saying no. Mm-hmm. And um, so definitely check out the show notes. And thanks for listening. Yes, this is oh, Shannon Wilkinson wait. in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. This is Janine Adams what? in St. Louis and I was just gonna comment <laughs> that we'd had we reached ten thousand downloads for the podcast the other day. So we um, appreciate everybody downloading. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening and we hope that good enough is good.